Hello, friends and folks, and welcome to our newest show, Mechanista NG. I'm Six Detmar from Scanline Media. And I'm Dylan Roberts from Twitter and other places. <laughs> this is this is the pickle I always put people in, is they feel like they have to say they're from somewhere. You don't necessarily have to, you can just be Dylan Roberts. Yeah, but if you also want to be from fair. Twitter, that's fine. Yeah, well, that's that's where I think people know me, um, or also known as Low Poly Robot, because I think people might know that a little bit more if they've never talked to me. So, yeah. But I'm from places, places, somewhere. Well, are you are you are specifically from the world of uh, robot appreciation, as far as I'm concerned. Yes, yes, I am. Uh, that's what most people I think would know me for. That's a fair assessment. <laughs> and it is with that note that we are starting this new podcast. Uh, we're probably going to aim for weekly, but listen, I listen. You got this pep episode for free. You're not paying a shit. We don't owe you anything. <laughs> uh, so if we occasionally delay or something, that's fine. Um, but this is Mechanista NG, and we are going to, every episode, pick a mobile suit from Gundam. I assume maybe maybe at some point we'll branch out, but at least at first, just from Gundam. And uh, just talk about it from like a design perspective and stuff. Yeah, which uh, is kind of what I do on Twitter a lot, so it sounds fun to do that on voice, so I'm excited. Alright, so to start with, we're going to open up with uh, one of the uh, robots from... Uh, the early Universal Century timeline. We have here a document. We have 20 uh, machines here, uh, mobile suits, and a couple of mobile armors. And I'm just going to roll this D20 right here, and we're going to see what we get. Yeah, so let's see what Lean the dice close, gives us. Get the clatter. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Number one. Oh, well, okay. Easy first episode. <laughs> <laughs> I guess. We are starting with... The, you know, on, on the one hand, it's the way this had to start, but I also bristled at that idea and was like, no, we have to start with anything else. But we're starting with the RX-78-2 Gundam. The goddamn the Gundam. Gundam. <laughs> the White Devil. Yeah, all right. So, uh, I mean, the dice told us we have to. So, I mean, clearly, mm -hmm. clearly that's what we have to do. So, the Gundam. Where do we want to start with the Gundam, then? <laughs> So, you know, just starting off, the Gundam is uh, a, a really timeless design. The Gundam is a design that has, like, obviously the themes of the series have been from, from you know, the themes of the first show and its writing, but also the design of the RX-78-2 has inspired a franchise, right? Oh, yeah, for sure. I mean, every mobile suit, like, that's a Gundam later on generally takes at least one aspect of the original Gundam. It's... I mean, it's the classic, it's very much the classic design, and, I mean, hell, if we look outside of Gundam, there's plenty of designs that have also occurred from it, so, you know. Um, mm -hmm. But, yeah, like, it's it's just, it's our quote-unquote hero. So, hmm. Yeah, uh, looking at it, it certainly has some, some heroic-looking colors going on here. We've got the white uh, pr primary color with a lot of... Uh, Red accents, we got red on the center of the crest, red chin, red uh, abs, uh, red bottoms of the feet. 
We got some yellow and blue to break that up, the blue primarily just being on the chest. So we got our, our good friend, the red, white, and blue Gundam. Uh, that's what I would primarily mm -hmm. say. It's actually funny now that I look at it, though, because the yellow is actually more prominent than the blue. But, you know, when you think of classic Gundam, I mean, they even call, you know, they call it the Gundam tricolor. Um, actually, now that I think about it, when they call it the tricolor, I don't know if they're referring to the, the red, yellow, and blue or the red, white, and blue. I always thought it was the red, white, and blue, but anyway, um, yeah, like, it's just, so, uh, the thing that's immediately apparent to me about the Gundam when comparing it to earlier robots, so, I mean, nowadays, you know, with your real robot shows, quote-unquote real robot, you get a lot more robots that, you know, are obviously supposed to look, like, more machine-like. The original Gundam doesn't really seem like that when you look at, like, Okawara's 1979 illustrations of it, or even in the show, still moves very person-like. But when you're really looking at it compared to, like, you know, a lot of earlier robots, things like the Mazinger and such, I feel like you can definitely see where they were coming from, though. Like, with the whole idea of this is a more real robot. You know, all of its weapons are mm -hmm. on its body. Um, they're all visible. It's got the little machine guns on the head. It's got the sabers in the back, you know... It's, it's not like something where it can just, like, a panel opens up somewhere and an impossibly large blade comes out of the wrist or something, you know? Um, right. It doesn't launch its arms off. It's just what you see is what you get with the Gundam. Um, which makes it pretty unique among those, you know, even for 1979, like, even super robot designs of that time. Um, you know, the colors are still very super robot, but... I think they're done in a way that is a still a little bit more low-key than you would expect, looking at something like Riding or um, Trider or any other, like, big, you know, super robot of that time. Uh, mm -hmm. It's also got a lot more of a blocky shape, which I think helps with that, too. You know, you've got the shoulders, which are very blocky. Um, very armor-looking. I know, I know sometimes it gets compared to, like, a, a samurai helmet for the head, but, you know, like... The head looks like you have a face inset in some armor. Um, mm -hmm. You got the shoulder pads. You've got like the way the knees are, the skirts. Um, it, of course, when we're talking about this now, you have the big classical, uh, I, as I call it, the diaper skirt because it all looks like it's one big piece, and it looks a little <laughs> funny, but <laughs> you know. Yeah, you know, the, some some elements of the design uh, have have been carried forward less than others, perhaps. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, just looking at it, like, you know, you look at, like, one of the things, especially just a, a weird little detail, um, but, like, those hands, the way the hands are done, they basically haven't ever done hands differently again. Those have been the hands of mobile suits. Mm -hmm. Just period. Just gray manipulators sticking out of the, you know, sticking out of the wrist like that. Um, and then, like, you know, later on. Now, I did notice one thing. It doesn't have the hand covers, and that's something that... It's sometimes hard to remember what the original art of the Gundam looked like, right? Because it's a design that has been iterated upon, even, like, of itself. Like, there's a billion versions of an RX-78-2 out there now. Um, it's just... Yeah, I mean, like, there's the... Right, recently we've had, like, the, the G-40 design that was, like, a, a version of the RX-78-2 designed by, uh, like, what was it, like, a Ferrari designer? Yeah, Ken Okuyama, uh, who uh, has done designs for Ferrari, I believe he's designed several trains... Done a lot of uh, like vehicle and I believe industrial design as well, um, which is so it's very interesting seeing it from his perspective. And um, 
that's actually why I was reminded of the diaper skirt, because that's actually something his design kept, and I thought it was very funny that uh, he specifically mentioned that, when otherwise it's a very, you know, like, I mean, it's very industrial design looking, it looks very realistic, as opposed to, you know, like, a lot of the 70s art. And then you, you, you get that from different artists, you know, Hajime Katoki, another person with an industrial design background, who also tends to draw designs with, like, you know, various extra things to try to add that flair of realism, uh, decals, that's, that's handles. That's of the Verkaw fame, right? Yeah, yeah, same same guy. Um, and he tends to add, like, for the Gundam, I know his tends to have, like, handles on the shoulder uh, that look like, you know, they could be used for, like, I guess, belting it somewhere. Um, it, it looks realistic. It's not, you don't, you don't necessarily, like, know exactly what it's for immediately, but it looks more real, you know? Um, mm, yeah. But looking at the original classic Gundam design, it's funny, though, because there are actually a lot of elements of it that, while carried over forward, were not exact on its design. Like I said, the hands are the big one for me, because while the hands are very similar to future designs, for sure, and it definitely set the standard for manipulators, it doesn't have the hand covers that you're used to um, mm -hmm. on a lot of future... Like, basically every future design has, like, little covers on the uh, back of the hands. Um... It's also funny looking at Okawara's illustration because if you look at like the elbows and the legs, there's not really a clear joint there <laughs> at all. Yeah, yeah, that's a good point. Um, it's it's really interesting. It's just like I said, it's always funny to compare it, you know, versus the later designs because again, modern illustrators tend to up the like the realism on it. Some of that is just done for model reasons. Uh, you know, if you have to make it work as a model, you kind of have to add like proper joints and stuff but mm -hmm. it's it's interesting though um so what else do we want to talk about with the, our good friend the the devil here well i mean so one of the things that i think is interesting one of the things that you you it is this is start of the, the the start of the transition i think at least at least in the series we move more and more towards like real robot and then we maybe start to move a little bit back towards super robot with some of the um alternate timelines a little bit Mm -hmm. Um, but it's interesting to see like the way the armaments are sort of reflective of that transition. I mean, like the, um, you know, you've got the beam rifle, mm -hmm. you've got the, um, the beam sabers, which can extend into beam javelins. You've got the shield, yep. you've got the hyper bazooka. Um, but one that is like, I feel like often forgotten, neglected, unloved and extremely, to me, Super Robot is the Gundam Hammer. <laughs> the Gundam Hammer is great, though, is the thing. The Gundam Hammer is honestly one of my favorites. It's because, yeah, it is something that is definitely not really in the mold of that, like, of, like, a, what you would consider a real robot weapon. You know, you see a big, a big ball and chain for a robot, and you're like, ah, I'm watching a Super Robot show. This, they just pulled it out of nowhere. But no, the Gundam has that. <laughs> It's um, it's it's great, and I am sad that it is often a forgotten thing. Oh, or our good friend, uh, the upgrade of it, the hyper hammer, which is the same thing, but it has slightly pointier spikes and more boosters on it. Uh, very silly weapon that I, I think the reason it doesn't come up is if I'm remembering right, I don't think it's in the movies. Mm, um, is that why? Which is probably another reason why the movies are worse than just watching the TV show. But you know, mm -hmm. controversial takes here. Um. But yeah, uh, well, the javelin, the javelin also is kind of, I feel that too. Like the javelin is something really cool that kind of gets 
you know, s some models don't usually include it. Uh, sometimes it just it just doesn't get mentioned, and it's something that like definitely is in that transitionary period, though, right? Like it's it's a little mm -hmm. bit of a weird weapon for it to have. Same with the hammer. Um, and then uh, we want to talk about other weapons on it that uh, are a little odd. There's our other friend, the uh, the super napalm. We don't know what it does. Um, <laughs> uh, that's the one that it shows up, I think, in like the fourth episode. Um, and when it, the way it gets used in the show is they he just throws the whole thing and then shoots it and then you know makes a big explosion. We don't know what it is. It has it's, it. It's good at burning stuff. It's napalm, but super. Yeah, and it's it's just a really weird thing, right? Because the TV show has a lot more of that, like. The Gundam just kind of sometimes has things. Like, mm -hmm. I, I can't remember if the if the Javelin, I'm pretty sure, also comes out of nowhere. Like, it's just like, it pulls the beam saber out and then just kind of extends and it's like, what? <laughs> it can do mm -hmm. that? Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, which, which... I think that's yeah. also part of why we don't see it in kits is because I think, like, there's sort of a general, like, uh, gunpla design for the beam sabers and leaving room in that for it to extend into a beam Javelin would actually be really hard. Oh, yeah, for sure. Um, definitely. Like, you know, like, some kits, like, the Master Grade come with it, but it's, like, its own separate thing. It's not, like, you can't store it on the Gundam, because it's just, it, it is kind of a wacky, like, it telescope, the, the Beam Saber telescopes out, but mm -hmm. you can't really replicate that easily. Um, it, it's kind of fun, though. I like, I actually like all those elements, and I'm kind of sad when, you know, later designs don't tend to have fun with them. Like, I know a lot of people that love you know, not to talk too much about another design, but the Mark II, which can be seen as a refinement of the mm -hmm. original Gundam. But the Mark II, I mean, Mark II definitely leads into that real robot aspect. It doesn't really have, you know, you, you don't have, like, the Javelin. You don't have the Hyper Hammer. You don't have pulling Napalm out of nowhere that's just randomly there and just throwing it and shooting it, you know? I mean, you it's have the got... Goo Fingers. You, you do have the Goo Fingers. Those, I mean... Those are a little funny. I, I love the bird, the 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 bird lime launchers. Uh, I'm trying to remember some of the other names for them. They've been given a few names, um, but yeah, you don't you don't really get a lot of that later on until way later on when stuff starts kind of going leaning back into that. You know, with like um, Quick spoiler warning, folks! There's about to be a uh, very sm a very minor mechanical spoiler for mech design in uh, Turn A Gundam. Not plot relevant, but giving you a quick heads up. You can skip it. It's only like five seconds. So you just skip forward five seconds after this this ends, and you'll be good. Like the Turn A Gundam using Gundam hammers. Uh, mm -hmm. is kind of a big thing in that, and it's kind of a refreshing thing to have come back from the old show because you know it's it's easy to pull a lot of the other elements forward, but Gundam hammers are fun. <laughs> They're just fun. Yeah, yeah, and I also like one of the things you mentioned, sort of the the uh, the ability for it to pull stuff out of nowhere. Uh, how can we forget uh, the Gundam, the first ever mobile suit to be capable of standalone atmospheric reentry? Because oh. it has a shower curtain in its stomach. Oh yes, the shower curtain! That's another one I tend to forget about. Yeah. 
just it just is like oh yeah i can do this uh we we're made for atmospheric re-entry and time to pull my curtain around me ah <laughs> uh, there it's funny because there's a lot of these things that get lost to your brain like you know moving forward with what you think about with gundam but the original show does have a lot of very funny little things like that huh Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Or, or like another thing that uh, again gets gets lost a lot is the whole thing that makes the Gundam the Gundam is supposed to be its learning computer, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, it has a learning computer. Uh, I don't know how else you like how else you would really explain it other than kind of like a rudimentary AI, but it has a learning computer, and I don't think that comes up again until like I think Crossbone might bring that up. <laughs> um. Yeah, and that idea isn't even played with with other Gundam as, nearly mm-hmm. as much. I mean, like you get you get a little bit of it in like some some spin on it in Wing. You get a little bit of it in like Seed, but it's like really not touched on very much. Yeah, yeah, that's huh. It, it, the learning computer thing's also really funny, considering that like it, it's funny that it has a learning computer when one of the core things later on is that uh, apparently it wasn't learning fast enough uh, or doing anything good enough because you know it has to get its little upgrade with the. Uh, magnetic coating because Amuro has surpassed the Gundam in his piloting abilities. It's such a... First Gundam's a fun show and it has so much going on. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, the thing with the magnetic coating, which is... it's I really love the magnetic coating as... Uh, like, we're used to our mid-series upgrades now. That's very much a Gundam thing. But very often... You have, like, I feel like one of the best examples of this is from, like, Gundam 00. Don't worry, I'm not going to spoil anything, actually. Um, where there's a moment where they're like, oh, check out your new mobile suit. It's the, you know, the special version of it. And let me introduce all its weapons one by one, right? Mm-hmm. Whereas with, with the RX-78-2, it's very much like Amuro's just getting really mad at the Gundam because the legs keep breaking. And they're like, <laughs> okay, we'll put aluminum foil over them. <laughs> Yeah, like, that's the thing, though, right? Like, y- y- you don't really have... Yeah, you don't have the idea of a mid-season upgrade in First Gundam, really. Like, yes, it gets the magnetic coating upgrade, but, I mean, it's still the Gundam. You look at it, it's the Gundam. Well, you do get the uh, the G-Bull, G-Armor, G-Fighter thing, which is, I think, part of what we have to talk about here as well. Mm-hmm. Yep. It, it would be bad if we didn't, especially with all the uh, the little references to old super robot things, so that's fair. <laughs> mm-hmm. Because uh, that's, again, one of those things that that's very much RX-78-2 and not really carried forward near as much is the RX-78-2 is, uh, uses the core block system. It has a little fighter that forms the middle, right? Yep. And uh, there are, over over time, there become more and more combinations of parts that make up the Gundam. Yep. And then... <laughs> Suddenly, some of them have tank treads and a turret, <laughs> or, yeah. or 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 wings, and we have to be able to shove the core fighter and parts of the Gundam into them. It's ah, the G fighter is such a fun, weird little thing because another thing lost to the movies, um, you know, because the movies you just think you have some of the scenes with it are replaced with like the core booster, but otherwise, mm. like. Anything with the G-Fighter is just not there. You don't have the Gundam, like, popping out of it in order to form in midair, you know, and then combine its two shields on its arm into one shield for some reason, which also is a little thing that happens sometimes. 
just like yeah no i just um one of the the uh master grade kit of the g fighter actually has the ingenious method of uh letting you just literally slap the second shield under the first shield so they just kind of are like look it's a it's a it's a shield sandwich it's a two layers you know <laughs> i mean twice is... the protection then it makes sense how right. many times ha- did the gundam have its shield blown up or cut in half or yeah it's you know <laughs> it, it, the shields shields and gundam are always really cool but of varied effectiveness sometimes usually Long the shield suffering. is <laughs> the, the shield is usually there it's kind of like the warp thing right where like you show the enemy blowing up the shield to make it more of a threat <laughs> Yeah. rather than actually like using it consistently for protection like you a lot of times later on you know like it's either getting cut in half or getting blown in half or any number of things usually the top half of it's gone well but... and it kind of it kind of makes sense as like sort of a, a, a get out of jail free card right it's like this is one free escape of the consequences of fucking up yeah like if that would have hit me that would have blown me up but it hit my shield instead, so it's okay. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, so it, it's a good element. Um, I'm actually glad that Gundam maintains shields going forward, because, uh, you know, depending on your series, a lot of robot series are just like, why would you have a shield? You know, if you just make, if you don't have the shield, you go faster. You can just dodge things better. I'm glad Gundam kept mm-hmm. the shield, and some other series still have it. You know, it's because mm-hmm. it is something that is definitely more probably on the super end of inspired rather than on the real end of inspired of course it's hard to draw a hard line there mecca or mecca right mm-hmm. but you know when we talk about them we like to put them in those two categories and gundam the For original sure. gundam especially is kind of very in the middle of that um but back to the g fighter um so the g fighter is just the G-Fighter is such a weird thing, because that's where you start getting, like, we need the Gundam to fly, so the G-Fighter launches its rear half off, and now the Gundam is wearing, like, a pair of pants that let it fly. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, um, again, the, uh, our friend the G-Bowl, which is, like, a tank. It's just a tank. It is it's just a, it's, the Gundam's it's a tank torso. with the Gundam's, yeah, the Gundam's chest just sitting underneath there. <laughs> yeah, it's just, it's just there. Why is it there? Because we have to have the Gundam there, but it's just a tank. Um, it's just, it's... The G-Fighter is such a fun little thing. Again, lost to time. Lost to, uh, films being everyone's preferred way of watching them. But, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah this, uh, official stance of, uh, of Mechanista NG. Just watch the series. Please. Please just watch Gundam. It's not even a 50-episode series. <laughs> it got canceled. You can watch That's the whole thing. really good. Um... Yeah, I I really love how the design of these elements of like, you know, the uh the the reentry shower curtain, the super napalm, the Gundam hammer, the G fighter and all its permutations, you can really feel the like the desperation. Like this is perhaps the most any Gundam to me has ever felt like a prototype because it is so mm-hmm. much like designers throwing everything they can at the wall. Yeah, yep, just literally everything. Like it's it's funny right because uh, again later shows you have a lot of like the super prototype thing go on but usually it's just an all-in-one package um (laughs) the the gundam is like okay well we have the gundam and the gundam is doing the gundam things uh but what if it can't fly okay let's uh develop uh 
we have a jet for it, and it can put those on its pants uh, and, and, and fly around with that. Or what if it needs to roll around on the ground? We have a tank for that. Uh, you know, just and, everything. And no one ever stopped them and was like, it will never need to do that. <laughs> uh, or, or, like, it's it just, it has everything. It, it, it's um, a fun element of it, too, to mention um, with uh, prototype-related things. You know, it's beam rifle. Uh, is something to mention because the beam rifle in the Gundam, um, very silly because in series, it's not like a beam rifle made for a mobile suit. They just took a battleship cannon and were like, yeah, we made it so you can hold that. Uh, it can fire a limited number of shots. Uh, you can't, you can't change it on the fly. And honestly, it's stronger than it needs to be because it cuts through everything. Mm -hmm. Um, which is, uh, you know, definitely another element of it being a prototype, but it's it's just among all of its weird melee and everything it also just has a gun that kills everything <laughs> um and it's it's just it's funny because it feels like almost the most mundane like i think even the bazooka at this point feels a little bit more neat or like unique or special than like just having a beam rifle because beams just become so commonplace later on but the gundam's beam rifle no that thing just you know that 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 wins. That's one thing that helps win them the war. They have a mobile suit that can yeah. uh, look at a ship, shoot it, and rip it in half. <laughs> yeah, you have that that I think classic moment when it first deploys the beam rifle and shoots and blows up a Zaku, and Char just goes like, "What the fuck? Why would you put that on a mobile suit?" <laughs> yeah, it's like way more firepower than it needs. Like you don't you don't need that to destroy mobile suits. It's like it's. You know, it's the it's the equivalent of like you're 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 trying to shoot a bottle off a, a, off of like a railing and you pull out a rocket launcher and blow that up. Like, is very unnecessary, but also very necessary. <laughs> yeah. No. Listen. Ultimately, um, ultimately, the Gundams. Like, I don't think I don't think it was designed for this. You know, we maybe we could disagree about this. I don't know, but um, ultimately, one of the biggest effects of the Gundam turned out to be just like like shock and awe intimidation of like oh yeah what a for disturbing sure. machine it is well there, there's a reason why you know even later works will sometimes go into the whole thing of like the gundam the name being something that strikes fear into them that you could throw the name gundam onto something that's not that intimidating but suddenly it you know makes it a way scarier mobile suit for them to see because oh no that's a gundam um mm -hmm. it definitely yeah the gundam definitely had a lot of that behind it like you know the shock and awe of it um beyond it's not just like the the first mobile suit that the the zeon that zeon is running into it is a mobile suit that is so far above like anything else that has been thrown out that it's like what like you know not not including the gun cannon and the gun tank because you know those exist but those, well, those honestly, don't scare them <laughs> yeah honestly the gun cannon and the gun tank kind of suck the gun can the gun cannon is like okay the gun tank is adorable <laughs> It is. Um, it's just, it's it's funny, right? Because you think, well, they're, one of them is a humanoid robot with a beam rifle, and this one's got two big cannons, and it ends up not really doing quite as effectively. Um, I, I, the main thing I think about the gun cannon doing, ironically enough, given, you know, that it has guns and it has cannons, is throwing boulders. <laughs> um, <laughs> and then the gun tank, yeah, the gun tank is just like, it's, it's hard to be intimidating when you're a tank in a mecha series, even if you've got the upper body of a person. 
mm-hmm. it's going to roll onto the scene and you're going to be like, oh, that's kind of cute. It's not really going to blow up anything, but, you know, it's firing its guns into the air. You know, it's doing stuff, kind of. Um, but the, the Gundam is, by and far of the three, definitely the one that leaves the biggest impression. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. To, to, to the viewer and to Xeon, <laughs> apparently. Given, uh, you don't, you don't hear people saying, uh, ah, the red devil with the gun tank, or the, or, uh, with the gun cannon, or the blue devil with the, uh, gun tank. You know, you, you just have the white devil with the Gundam. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, there is the, the red comet, that's the gun cannon, right? N- mm, hold on. <laughs> the, the, the crimson, b- 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 blur. <laughs> the crimson lightning. Oh yeah, that's it, that's it. Our, our good friend, uh, Johnny Ryden, sir not appearing in any picture. <laughs> uh, this will not be the first time we reference Johnny Ryden, but, or Ryden, whichever one it is, uh, but you can be, you can rest assured we will never mention him in a positive way. <laughs> Look, I'm just gonna say this, uh, I have free reign to use full, like, silly MSV stuff that doesn't matter while on this show, because, who knows, for all we know, next episode, we could be talking about, for next episode, we could be talking about the, the, the Johnny Izaku. Who knows? Yeah, no No one knows. I don't know. The dice knows. It's not gonna tell us. Not until we need to know. Anything is possible. There was a possibility we rolled the Zacrello for our first episode. There are no rules. No uh, rules. Just right. Gundam. <laughs> Gundam. Yeah, ultimately, I feel like the, the elements to look like, since we did end up with the motherfucking Gundam as our as our first episode, uh, I feel like the things to look look at, like, going forward, um, we've, you know, we got the crest... We got the beam sabers, we got the beam rifle, we got the shield. And, like, just sort of color scheme and layout, like, these are all elements that you're going to see used heavily going forward across the series. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like, for it, it's interesting, right? Because this first episode, we have a lot of observation just kind of talking around the Gundam. It's going to be fun going forward because, yeah, we're going to be able to see how all these carry forward. Uh, and, you know, I'm kind of glad, in a way, even if it's not the most exciting option, that we got the Gundam for the first episode because... As you noted, there are a lot of elements of this Gundam that are going to carry forward still. There are things Mm -hmm. that aren't. Like, you know, I brought up some of the super robot aspects that aren't brought forward, but a lot of this design is, you know, the the double face vent, having the Vulcans on the head, the V-fin, the the big red chin, um, the color scheme, the sabers on the back. All the things to carry forward, the big red chin really confuses me. Yeah, it's, it's, I, I don't even know why it's there, but it's there. I don't know what it's supposed to be. It's just, it's just got a big old red chin and a big old, you know, red eyes around its around its eyes. The red, uh, I, I've seen many illustrations that are fan art where it's like you pop the face open and there's just a person face under that, and it's horrifying. Um, but, <laughs> um, you know, like I, I guess that's kind of what the impression is supposed to be a little bit. Um, mm-hmm. it's just it's very. It's very weird um, what elements decide to carry forward, though, yeah. Or what elements d- decide to carry forward but are subverted around in a way, you know? Like, we'll, well, we'll get to them one day. Plenty of mobile suits that are Gundams that definitely have the elements of the Gundam that are not used in the way that the Gundam uses them. And yeah. hopefully we'll get to one of those at some point. But, yeah, it's just... It, classic design carries forward a lot. Very fun transitional design between, you know, different eras of Mecha. 
and I love it. <laughs> it's doofy, but I love it. Yeah. Yeah, it's really a, it's really a, it's a design that honestly over time I've only got, grown more and more fond of. I really love seeing different artists interpretations because I like seeing different approaches but also they still make me appreciate the original. Mhm. And the original is such a classic design with you know not having very much detail though that I feel like artists that work on it there's a reason it gets so many variants too beyond it being popular which, you know, can also be explained by just how classic it is of a design. Um, it's such a simple design at a glance that you can really do a lot with it, like using your imagination as a mecha designer. So I can see why so many people like to do their own little remixes on what's going on with the Gundam. Mm -hmm. um, you know, basically every classic artist of Gundam who has done art, you know, Mikaki Taka, Kazuhisa Kondo, Hajime Katoki... Everyone has drawn an RX-78 too, and, you know, they all have their own little spin on it, <laughs> and it's great. I love it. Yeah. Uh, but I think we're calling it here for the first episode of Mechanista NG. Dylan, this is the plug zone. You know how these work. Why don't you, t why don't you tell folks where and what and when? Um, alright, so where? Uh, Twitter.com is basically the only place I'm active on social media. Um... I am at low poly robot, uh, all one word. Uh, you'll see me on there. I will mostly either talk about robots or be live tweeting old games that I play a lot of. Um, not always robot related, but majority of them probably. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and yeah, that's me. All right. Well, uh, I am Six Detmar. You can find me on Twitter at Six Detmar. S I X D E T T M A R. And you can find my various works at uh, scanlinemedia.com or patreon.com slash scanlinemedia. Um, we don't really have a, a chosen sign-off for this. Uh, until next time, uh, d do you think you can survive? Amaro. <laughs> I'm sorry. I had, to steal, I had to steal another show's ending. I'm sorry. We can't, we, can't, we can't focus on the pilot like that. Uh, that's true. Look. It's first Gundam, though. It was the RX-78, too. It has yeah. to be with the episode. Okay, fair enough. Amaro. I'll figure out one. I'll figure out more. <laughs> I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to play and no, no Amaro this time and probably never again. Very good. Amuro, うちの彼方に輝く星はアムロお前の生まれたふるさとだ覚えているかい少年の日のことを温かいぬくもりの中で目覚めたさをアムロ振り向くな
きらめく星はアムロお前が捨てた故郷だ忘れはしない少年の日の誓いを青春をかけ守り抜けこの幸せをアムロ振り向くなアムロ男は寂しさ隠すものかくすものただ明日へと永遠に覚えているかい少年の日のことを温かいぬくもりの中で目覚めた朝をアムロ振り向くなアムロ男は涙を見せぬもの見せぬものただ明日へと明日へと永遠